right, everybody. Welcome to episode 23, season two of the CCAJ show. Uh, getting ready for the final regular season weekend uh, in the league. And we have uh, a little more clarity as far as the McNaughton Cup uh, its destination, but uh, still some home ice to sort out. And to do that, we have a couple of uh, great returning guests, Trent Singer uh, from the Rink Live. Trent, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Glad to be here, Perry. And Tim uh, Rapley from a number of sources, including our own uh, CCHA.com. We just had a great story up about uh, this kind of timeline of, you know, Bowling Green's big, uh, exciting weekend with their uh, uh, celebrating their 30th anniversary, 40th anniversary, 40th. 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 Yeah. Making me feel old. Yes. 40th anniversary uh, national championship team. Um uh, tech kind of spoiled the spoiled the party in the end as far as on the ice, but it was a great ceremony and everything. Uh, Tim, thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. Pennant fever. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start off with last weekend. It was a busy one. All teams in action. And we'll begin with that series that uh, Tim was there. So Michigan Tech sweeping that series 7-1 to one on Friday. Um, and then uh, three to one on Saturday uh, in Bowling Green, uh, we saw you know Cole Moore finally look human for the first time in all month on Friday night. Uh, Tim, what was your you know what was your kind of takeaway from the weekend with Tech you know picking up a big time to, to pick up their first uh, big sweep of the year? Uh, I'm not a fan of Donald Rumsfeld, the <laughs> former politician and Secretary of Defense, but he's got a, a line that I remember where he said, you go to war with what you got. And Michigan Tech, uh, you know, has an all-star team at home, nursing injuries in Houghton, and they got it done, and they got it done well. And Coach Sean isn't that easy to please, and he was darn pleased on uh, Saturday evening. Trent? Yeah, I mean, that's the story. Uh, Tech just completely kind of up and upending Bowling Green's hopes of, of really, I mean, they were, they were right in contention for first place, but that sweep, uh, you know, sets them back and now they're fighting for something else. Um, home ice still, you know, on the table for them, but man, uh, tech needed that in a big way. They needed the offense, um, you know, getting those seven goals the first night was huge. Uh, and, and I mean, they, I thought it was really interesting just because they had some guys who, who aren't these regular contributors, you know, you got these Logan Pietelas and, um, yeah, you know, some of these other emergers, Isaac Gordon, Ryland Mosley, I mean, they, they've been the guys that kind of carry the load, but you know, you look at uh, Henry Bartle with three, three points and, uh, Chase Piedela gets his first goal in that series. I mean, this is, this was a big thing. Um, I think for tech just in the, in the, in the grand scope of things, we've seen it all throughout the second half. It almost seems like the numbers have gone down even more, um, as the second half of the season's kind of set in and and they've even reached the bottom near the bottom in, in scoring offense in the conference. But uh, to get those seven goals, I mean, when, if this team can score um, coupled with the goaltending they have, I mean, they're, they're just as good as, as the best of this league, if not better. Um, so it will be interesting to just kind of see moving forward, if they can continue to sustain that offense. I mean, they get three goals the second night. Um, it didn't really matter. I mean, Blake Piedela only allows one, one goal the whole series so um yeah just a huge series win for tech and and they now they're you know tied for third and got another big one this week yeah you know uh we'll get to the kind of scenarios when we get to 
to the upcoming schedule here, but uh, they're putting themselves in a good spot here as far as home ice when they weren't quite sure of that a couple of weeks ago, kind of sitting outside the top four was, was Tech. Uh, to our next series, and it was in Mankato, Lake Superior I, State. Go ahead. I'd like to jump in with, with one other point. Yeah, go um, ahead, Tim. Uh, Nick Williams, uh, defenseman who had been, you know, a healthy scratch for a dozen games, you know, a freshman played at Youngstown. He turns out, you know, he's uh, replacing Campbell in the lineup, one of the two injured defensemen. And he's now the best puck-moving defenseman, hits the open man, makes plays, wonderful playmaker. And that's who everyone's talking about up in Houghton right now, this 5'9", 5'10", defenseman that is uh, really carrying the load, carrying the mail. So um, who knew? Nick Williams, you know. Um, but you're going to hear his name, uh, I think, in the next three weeks. Oh, sounds good. Uh, anyway, uh, Lake State uh, getting a split at Minnesota State to kind of uh, dampen the Mavericks' hopes of a, a seventh straight McNaughton Cup here. Still on the table, of course, because they have, you know, the uh, everything in front of them as far as Bemidji State this weekend. But uh, Lake State winning four three on uh, on Friday. They needed every one of those goals because you knew that in, even in a four two game late, the Mavericks were going to fight back uh, late as they always do, especially at home. They got that third goal, but not the tying goal. And then on uh, Saturday, uh, the Mavs get the the 4-3 win themselves uh, in a comeback fashion there. Uh, you know, again, looking like maybe Bemidji State was going to have an opportunity to kind of celebrate early was last weekend, but not the case as uh, the Mavs were able to pull that one out. Uh, Trent, uh, we'll start with you on, on this one. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 from both sides, I think it's really interesting because uh, – you know, with with kind of how how it ultimately all ended, uh, Lake State will be on the road. But to see them go into Mankato in a game where the you know the Mavs were in a must win uh, sort of mentality, uh, you know, Lake State's going to need that obviously in the playoffs here because they're not they, they don't have a shot at home ice here now. Um, so they'll be on the road throughout, uh, pending any crazy upsets, <laughs> I guess in that bottom half. But um, you know, Minnesota State dug deep that second night. Uh, came from behind in the third, and and um, and I know just in hearing Luke's comments after the after the game, uh, you know Luke Strand at Minnesota State, he he mentions that it's just um, you know to see that response the following night was was everything, and um, you know they they get the, their mainstays are doing it. I, I I can't help but just look at the top two teams and say how the formulas are so similar uh, with Minnesota State. And Bemidji State. I mean, these are these are two teams that their best players are playing elite hockey right now. I mean, and 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 I I like I think they got balance all throughout the lineup. I I've said it all season. I think Minnesota State might be the most balanced team in this conference. I mean, they're leading the league in goal differential. Um, you know, they I think Tracy's been a little hit or miss here in the second half at times. Uh, but I mean, Keenan Rancier came in the second night, and, and he's the one who got the win. So they have options at goalie too, and I, I like both the guys. I think they're both, um, you know, very capable goaltenders. Uh, I like their decor, um, and and what's not to like about what they have offensively with with guys like Sam Morton, uh, Brian Carabas, and and I mean that that Morton line is just killer with Lucas Souter. Um, those guys, those guys are are as good as anybody in this league. We've talked about that a lot uh, on this show, Perry and. Um, a big win for Minnesota State, and they're going to need a lot of help this weekend. But their their home ice is still um, they're it's still intact. I mean, it's all in their control, really. Too, if they can co- somehow come out with a sweep, they can they can pull this thing out. So we'll see. 
Yeah, would certainly be impressive. The, the seventh one might be the most impressive, but uh, yeah, as you said, we we will see. Just need two points to lock up home ice, the Mavs. Uh, Tim? What a, what a credit to Damon Witten's club to play that tough on the road when they didn't have that much to play for, beating, uh, you know, the, the iron of, of this league and, and putting them against the ropes. Uh, really remarkable for uh, for Lake State. And, and no one's going to look forward to playing them in the quarterfinals. A, a dangerous floater. Uh, I was sort of shocked to see those results. And I thought they were going to win the, the second night as well. Um, you know, Coach Luke Strand is saying, hey, look, you know, our best line is going to be checked to death up at Bemidji. And we'll talk about that upcoming series. But he loves the secondary scoring. Even though Grohl was not on the uh, score sheet on Saturday, really impressive. Carabas, uh, again, one of that secondary line scoring um, group from Minnesota State. So they are very, very tough. And, hey, this might be one of those moments where you look back and say, hey, this this is another one of those turning points that might have turned their season around to, to get a goal in the 60th minute to win in regulation to get those three points. That extra point might make a huge difference there. Um, and we'll talk about scenarios in the McNaughton uh, showdown up at Bemidji, but that extra point could come in very handy. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of that game, the game games that got to the Beavers to the point where they are, uh, had to go down to St. Thomas and play, you know, a, a, a beat up Tommy's team, which gave them everything they had. Six five on Friday, Bemidji State winning in overtime. Jackson Judding scoring the uh, game winner in that uh, ridiculous kind of back and forth uh, contest there. And then on Saturday, three one Bemidji over St. Thomas. A little, you know, more like we expect, I think, from these two teams. A, a lower scoring game. Uh, you know, Eric Polkamp getting the Game-winning goal on that one. I think Kyle Loft also scoring there. Actually, that might have been on Friday. But anyway, uh, the defensemen getting into the, the act as they have been all year and kind of a kind of quintessential, so maybe a Saratori 3-1 victory on, on Saturday. Uh, Tim, what do, you, what do you think about this one? And obviously huge for Bemidji to get five points on the road here to kind of stay ahead of the pack. Yeah, they're getting used to five and six points uh, each weekend. Boy, oh boy, that, that Friday night game was an absolute barn burner, uh, reminiscent of that October uh, St. Thomas game at the XL Center with the Gophers. Um, lead changes galore. A sensational play to tie the game in the third period. A, a leap, was it Luke Manning that made that leap? Or, or Wallen yeah. made the leap at the blue line and then made a feed. It looked like an NBA highlight is what, what I said. <laughs> really sensational stuff. And then uh, uh, the next game, again, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, defenseman that can score. Eric Polkamp, who was uh, an egregious slight off the Tim Taylor Award as National Rookie of the Year, is yes. going to make everyone regret that vote. Um, uh, he scored in uh, seven of his last games, uh, eight points over that span, including three big goals. And uh, Kyle Loft getting healthier every week. The Midgey is going to be a very tough out. They're going to be very tough at home. Maybe that's what uh, Polkant needed was the, the the bit of uh, the feeling the feeling of slight to kind of push him on there. Uh, <laughs> Trent, what do you think about this one? Yeah, uh, you also got to shout out. I mean, that was that was a wild play on Friday night. I couldn't stop watching it. I think it was uh, just an incredible individual effort to snag that out of the air and then find the 
find the guy in front of the net immediately for the pass and, and just, just hit it into the open net. That was incredible. Um, and, and they tied the game, sent it to overtime. It, you know, I know Beavers fans felt slighted a lot by the, some of the some of the officiating in that game. Um, but, you know, ultimately they got two points, and, and I don't think that, that they're too upset with that. Uh, but yeah, Jake Seibel, I mean, the second night makes a sports center top 10 play too with a scorpion kick, which we've seen already from St. Thomas with, yeah. with Aaron Trotter down there in Minnesota state. So, uh, they're doing something in practice to, to, to work that drill, I guess. I, I don't know, but uh, I don't think um, you practice that, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, man, at, at this Maybe point, I'm, start, I'm starting to wonder, I'm starting I mean, to wonder, uh, <laughs> they spend the last hour of practice doing it's just scorpion say. Scorpion kick drill. <laughs> But uh, you know, it's it, like I said. Uh, you know, I think Bemidji is um, uh, got the the winning formula down in a lot of ways, like like Minnesota State, um, where you we, you do have these leaders who are playing their best hockey. I mean, Kyle Loft and, and Jackson Judding are getting it done for this team when they need it the most. Judding, I mean, Judding scores the game winner on Friday. Loft with the assist. Uh, Loft's back on the score sheet. I mean, it, it, I think when his first few games back, he he couldn't he hadn't quite gotten there. Um, in terms of tallying a point, you know, his plus minus was there. He's getting some blocked shots, which is incredible because that's ultimately what got him injured. Um, but but to see those two really working and getting back involved, um, you know, I, I, I really like this Bemidji team right now at this point in the season. And, and they got out a 3-1 win. You hear Saratori talking about it in his pressers throughout the week. These are the kind of games that you got to win. And they grinded that one. I mean, Jake Seibel did everything he could to keep St. Thomas in that game, but Ultimately, Bemidji got just enough and, and got just enough from Matias Scholl to get it done. So I like this Bemidji team. Um, you know, they everything's kind of in their favor going into this weekend for for as far as the McNaughton Cup goes. But, um, you know, where St. Thomas stands is just, you know, what a frustrating second half it's been for them just in terms of the injuries and everything that they've had to, had to go through. They were without a, a, a fourth-line winger on on a Saturday night just uh, I think it was an injury to Mac Pyers mm-hmm. um, who was back out of the lineup and so they they gutted it out and and gave him a run there on Saturday but it's just it's really starting to look like you know how, how much more can they dig and, and find find these answers just because the injuries are can ultimately become too much um, at, at a certain point but I'll tell you what, I mean, as, as far as goaltending, they've got two of the best in the conference in Trotter and Cybele. And as long as you got that, you can hang in games, right? Like, so we'll see. We'll see what St. Thomas does this weekend. It's a huge test for them, you know, going against a Michigan Tech team that's sky high. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, getting to our next uh, series here, Northern Michigan picking up uh, four points on the road. Uh, they do so by beating Ferris 3-2 on Friday night and then losing in a shootout on senior night for the Bulldogs. They remember that game was in uh, uh, big rapids there. Um, but, uh, you know, Northern doing just enough to keep their, uh, you know, slim home ice hopes alive. They need to sweep this coming weekend, which we'll talk about and get, get uh, plenty of help. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it looks like they're heading on the road, but this is another team. Tim, do you think that, uh, you know, we saw it last year. They made a run that's not out of the question for this Northern team to do something similar. Uh, I don't quite agree with you on, on that one. You know, if this was going to be the classic Grant Patoli Northern Michigan run, you, you'd you see them uh, sweeping this past weekend. Um, I do want to give a, a shout out to Andre Gontus, who picked up assists number 99 and 100 on his career. 
Um, last guy to do that from this league was Bowling Greens Vancouver, uh, Vegas draft pick. Uh, his name is escaping me right now, but a um, uh, hundred assists in a career is, is remarkable. Um, I may shout out the, that gentleman's name uh, when when it when it occurs to me. Um, so yeah, they, they've got a lot of good chess pieces, right? Northern Michigan. Uh, you go through the roster and it looks super solid. Um, they historically take a lot of penalties. Um, uh, you, you, they their goaltending is better than average with the loss, but it just doesn't appear to be this year. And um, I think I like uh, Bowling Green's chances on the road uh, this weekend. They're, they're playing for with a much better chance of getting home ice. But you know, expect the unexpected, right? We've been uh, we've been wrong on I've been wrong on so many predictions this year. I. I've almost stopped doing it in my columns. All right. Well, Tim's trying to skip ahead here, but Trent, what do you think about this 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 past weekend's uh, Northern Ferris uh, matchup? Yeah. No. I. Uh, uh, you know, as far as Gontus, I mean, these are the guys that they're going to really need to lean on. Um, you know, these. I, I, I. What I think is really unique because there's so much parity in the league this year is every team has these, these X factors. And I feel like with Northern, you know, they, they block shots so well. Um, they've got a veteran goalie. Uh, they've got veteran players. I mean, they've got guys like Aiden Gallagher. They've got Andre Gontus. They've got Artem Schlein. I mean, these guys have been doing this for a little bit. You know, they they have experience in this league. It's like, it's almost like the seating at, at a certain point, it just doesn't matter when you're going into this thing because they're, everybody has been able to beat anybody on any given weekend. So uh, if you're Northern – just you, you want to go into the playoffs with as, as much momentum as you can get. But I think they're willing, they're happy to take whatever hand they're given at this point too, because no, nobody's going to be an easy out in this league either. So, um, you know, I think, I think it'll be a, a, a fun series this weekend because I think that like, like Tim said, they, these two teams do have so much to, to, to kind of gain from it. I mean, they both need so much to fall their way. Um, in, in terms of, yeah, you know, Northern and, and uh, Bowling Green. So that'll be interesting. But uh, for Ferris State, you know, they're kind of locked into that spot. Um, uh, you know, they get the win at home the second night in the shootout, or I'm sorry, in overtime, right? Was that a, was a one-on-one oh, shootout. overtime yep, win? You're right. It was a shootout. Shoot okay, yeah. So, yeah, they get, that, they get that extra point there, which, you know, it is what it is. At this point, they're locked into that spot, so it doesn't really ultimately matter. But, um, you know, I assume they use this last weekend to maybe try to get as healthy as they can. I mean, um, let some guys maybe get some, get a little rest. And um, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not exactly 100 percent sure on how Bob approaches that that whole thing. But again, um, uh, Ferris has got an X factor in that with uh, with Logan Stein. I mean, knows Gisbert has played great in the second half. When I talked with Bob earlier this season, he he really likes. Um, Noah and, and, and even though the numbers haven't been there, he doesn't think it's even so much on Noah as it's been just, uh, you know, the five guys in front of him. So, um, I think, I think there's X factors for this Ferris state team too, with, with some experience in the decor and some experience on offense. And, you know, as, as Ferris state proved last year, all bets are off when that, when, when the playoffs start. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, a, a Good finale for these two in a lot of ways, but Northern comes away with the f- four points on the road, and um, I think ultimately that's uh, that's that's kind of how that bottom half has sort of worked out this this uh, second half of the season a little bit. 
Yeah, just the second regulation win on the road for Northern on Friday, this season on Friday. Um, so definitely a better team at home, which unfortunately, like I, like I said, we'll, we'll get to the scenarios, but they're most likely not going to be there uh, unless they get uh, a big final weekend, which we didn't think might happen this past weekend with some teams sweeping that might not and, and getting wins that we, we didn't think. So uh, definitely something that's within the realm of possibility still. Our final uh, series from last weekend was a non-leaguer. Uh, at Midco Arena, uh, Trent was there. He saw Alaska Anchorage win six to five uh, in overtime on Friday, with the Vikings coming back with a three nothing shutout. The second, I believe, of the month for Zach Rose, second in the program's history for Augustana. It was obviously great to see Zach Rose continue his uh, success uh, in his grad uh, transfer year here. Yeah. Uh... You know, second in the program, second in a row for Zach, and second of his career, uh, which I think is really stunning. And he considered he was, you know, a four-year player at Bowling Green, and here he is now at Augustana. He's he's just gotten the last two shutouts as he enters the final games of his college career. Um, and again, it's 120 minutes straight of shutout hockey for Zach because the last time he was on the ice, he uh, Perry, you were there, and he hyperextended his elbow um in a uh in a, giving up a goal against Ferris State and then had to come back since so um you know what a cool story just uh for, for a great kid too Zach is a an upstanding human in a lot of ways too uh you know Garrett Garrett has nothing but great things to say about him I just was at a presser with him right before this and and um again he's he's just gloating about Zach and um, this weekend, they're going to celebrate all their seniors. Um, and so that shutout was huge. And they wanted it so bad for him. You could sense it from the rest of the team as that as that game sort of kind of culminated there in the third period. It's a 0-0 game going into the third. And then Augie gets three goals in the third. And, um, yeah, that team, I know they really, really wanted it for Zach in those final minutes. So they um, really, really pulled together. The Augie power play was great throughout the whole weekend, four of seven. Um, they got three on Friday three power play goals. And, and um, I mean, just uh, what, what is really interesting about this team right now is you have these guys like Luke Mobley and Ryan Namofsky offensively who, who have, have carried the load all season. You're really starting to see some of these younger guys emerge. I mean, Owen Bond is so fast out there. He's maybe their fastest skater. Um, you guys, guys like Will Howard, uh, guys like Quinn Rudrude. I mean, Brett Meerman all weekend to me is he's a freshman incredibly skilled had an amazing behind the back pass to set up Namovsky on a on a uh, power play goal I believe that was the second night yeah um, I, no I, yeah I believe it was the second night because Namovsky had a couple um yeah. but he, he I mean Brett Meerman it, it, is just it, he's going to be something special I think for this Augustana team moving forward uh when you talk with him you can just kind of sense it to a, a kid who who is really well spoken and and understands kind of the situation he's in um and so, yeah, I think uh, it was a fun game Friday night. Um, I know the Augie fans weren't too happy with the result in overtime, but, I mean, I had a good time, and I, I, I thought it was a wildly entertaining game just kind of from start to finish. It, an, an Anchorage team that, you know, for all intents and purposes, doesn't really have a whole lot to play for here. This is just the end of the season, and um, they've been doing it all year, kind of going into these these bigger venues and um, on bigger stages and, and kind of playing spoiler. Uh, I believe they beat Wisconsin already this year. Um, and ha have a couple other really key wins. So 
Uh, it's cool. It's cool. It's a, it was a, it was a fun series. Really. Uh, they're going to get Fairbanks again this weekend and, and to close out the season, Augustana's. And so it's, um, I think it's, a uh, it, 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 for Augustana, it's just another, uh, it was just another smash hit really at Midco too. I mean, the fans have, have come out for all these series. Um, I think this team is a total hit in the city and, um, I'm looking forward to just kind of seeing how that looks here in this last weekend. And then, um, you know, just kind of a follow-up on what the, what moving forward looks like for, for this team, because they have uh, in a lot of ways exceeded so many expectations this year. Uh, Tim, what do you think about this, this Augustana team? They get the the split there uh, with uh, a, an Anchorage team that's surprised some teams uh, in their, you know, non-conference quest across the, the country this year, but uh, Augustana up to 12 wins now on the year with uh, a couple of regular season games left. And then, they do play two more against the U.S. under-18 team uh, while the CCHA quarterfinals are getting going. Well, they're going to be a, a brand-new team next year because they had so many uh, grad transfers, like over over a dozen. So um, uh, Garrett has chosen to rebuild or build his team a lot differently than, than St. Thomas did. So um, they've got a, a, a new arena that's going to be great for recruiting. Uh, all these wins are going to be very helpful for recruiting, but I think they're going to be a much uh, younger team next year, uh, bringing in uh, a lot of new faces. And at some point, you've got to have a core group. But they chose to go with a, a, a very uh, elder seasoned group. And hey, good for them. They, they've got a, a dozen wins. Um, I thought this segment was going to be talking about uh, fighting in college hockey. Wasn't there a, a, a fight in, in this weekend? Is it, was that the euphemism for all the entertainment uh, this past weekend? Uh, a, yeah, that, a, that did happen. But they, that, one of those teams, in, one of those teams involved is coming up in our, in our look ahead to next weekend. So we can, we can mention it then for sure. <laughs> okay. With that, we're going to take a quick break and come back with more uh, CCHA show. We're going to look ahead to some, potential playoff matchups as well as uh, talk about the Donnybrook that uh, Tim wants to talk about. So see you in a second. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious, man! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. All right, everybody, back here on the CCHA show. Looking ahead to the final regular season weekend of the year uh, for the CCHA play. Also, Augustana in action as well. More non-league fun. And uh, since Tim was so anxious to talk about it, we'll have... That conversation now, the Alaska Fairbanks uh, Nanooks, they were in a, a bit of a, a dust-up, you could say, with Arizona State last weekend up in Fairbanks. Uh, plenty of uh, uh, suspensions coming out of that one. Arizona State, I believe, uh, releasing those. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if Alaska chose to uh, put any kind of press release out there, but that's beyond the, the uh, jurisdiction of the CCHA other than uh, being the ones who are uh, handing out those those uh, suspensions and uh, extra penalties for, for the conduct there. But uh, so I, I'm not sure what Alaska put out. It's not within uh, CCHA's uh, business to do that. So that's why you haven't seen anything from our side. If a CCHA player gets a, suspended within our league, then 
that's something that goes up on our page, but uh, not stuff for teams outside the league. So that's maybe where there may be some confusion on that. But uh, anyway, uh, since they're headed to Augustana, Trent, I'll let you get started on, on this series and what you think maybe some some Alaska players will be missing from it. I'm sure some will. Yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting too. Since they are independents, and the CCHA governs kind of you know you know with it, in situations like this, they would be the ones to sort of govern um, govern what happens. And then I, I know I believe the Big Ten is for Arizona State right now. And I believe and I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, since it yeah. was at uh, uh, the CCHA of- officiated at fair event, right? It comes the. The supplemental discipline does come from the CCHA, but whether the schools release it or not is uh, up to them. Yeah, so uh, just a wild situation. I believe it, 44 total penalties um, in that end. In the last 25 and, uh, seconds. Yeah. They just called the game with 11 seconds left. I mean, this was this was just a viral moment in a lot of ways is what it kind of turned into. And, um, right. you know, I – we we had a, a thing this week on on the rink with um, all, each of our beat writers, myself, uh, Mick Hatton in the NCHC, and uh, Jess Myers in the Big Ten, and we kind of all unanimously agreed that this is something. I, I don't I don't think it's any any benefit to college. I mean, the conversation sort of starts where um, this should be allowed uh, for all intents and purposes. When 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 in reality, it's really not allowed at any level, right? Like no. fighting isn't allowed. Uh, you have to still deal with the consequences from it. But, right. and I get what they're saying. Like in a fight, a scrap is, is what it is. But if you watch that video, there's guys on the ground and there's people hammering on them while they're on the ground. That's not fighting in hockey. Okay. If there's a fight, you let it go. I've seen them tap you on the shoulder and say, good little brawl, good little dust up there, bud. Like they, they move on and it is what it is. This was a full online brawl um, and it does nothing for the game. I don't care who you are. It, 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 there are other ways to grow the sport of college hockey. It's a beautiful game that I think in our era now is defined so much by skill and so much by, uh, you know, the elite play that we get from these players. Um, there's no place for players like this. I mean, these, these hot headed players, these goons for all intents and purposes, what do you, how do you develop a goon is kind of what I want to know too. I mean, how do you, you bring a guy in and that's what he's, his role is like, how do you develop him into becoming, you know, the ultimate goon Ryan Reeves? Like how do you push them to become these ultimate Ryan Reeves type players? Like it's just, to, to me, it's hilarious. And, and uh, to even consider the fact that this, this is something that should be normalized because it's, it's not, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I think a little dust up here and there is fine. But that's not what this was. And, no. um, you know, that's that's kind of my rant on it. I mean, I wrote about it a little bit on the <laughs> rink. Um, no, we have you can do it, Trent, so don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim, I don't, I'm not sure if you've seen any of the clips. There was, a there was yeah, two two of the players did come out of the penalty box and have a what looked like a professional hockey fight for all intents and purposes because the officials were handling uh, a skirmish in the corner of the five players from each team who were on the ice. And that's where kind of the extra uh, came from. But as Trent mentioned, I mean, there there are junior leagues who, you know, have either banned or are talking about banning fighting themselves. Uh, it's obviously not allowed in college hockey. Um, you know, the full face mask sur- surely uh, kind of dissuade that for the most, in, in general, maybe that's not a real dissuasion. But uh, anyway, Trent, uh, sorry, Tim, what, what I, I know you didn't know the full extent of what went on, but uh, I guess do you have a, a comment on it? 
Well, when I saw the clip, I, I thought it was a time capsule from the WCHA in the 70s when, <laughs> when toughness reigned, right? A, a nice Wisconsin, Minnesota uh, yeah. dust-up. Well, uh, Arizona State went to the time see. machine, I guess, back there. Yeah, yeah, that, that must be it. Um, so <laughs> I guess that's why Marco Hunt can't uh, return any calls. He's dealing with all the uh, supplemental <laughs> discipline from that. So that, that's all I need is is 10 hours more more work. Maybe he'll get a uh, an extra Christmas bonus for all this work from, from the folks at Alaska. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no place for it. And uh, a lot of people appreciate college hockey because there aren't fisticuffs. Mm-hmm. So um, they're Absolutely. legislating against it. Um, they're making it tougher and tougher in the NHL for fighting. So this really was a throwback. And for everyone who says, hey, it's popular, people are watching, you know, people watch car crashes too. And it, it's not a way to grow the sport. So we have MMA for a reason, life. right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. my whole thing too. I want to. I, I wanted to write all about that too. Like, if you want to watch fighting, there's plenty of avenues. We have MMA for that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's plenty on that. Let's get to the schedule uh, upcoming. Plenty of implications on the home ice side of things. When St. Thomas visits Michigan Tech up in Houghton for two, uh, you have to imagine if this is a split then that's probably the, other than obviously sweeping for one of them, the best chance for both of these teams to uh, game, gain home ice. Uh, although if they do split, that leaves the door open for Bowling Green uh, to catch with a sweep. Um, but the, I'll leave it at that for now. As you guys have your thoughts here, Tim, on the Tommies heading up north uh, to the UP. Well, that's exactly the way um, I figured. I think these two clubs will probably knock each other's heads in while Bowling Green has their chance to uh, to advance and get the home ice. It's basically a um, three-team race uh, for two spots. Um, uh, I mean, there are, you know, um, possibilities of other teams getting into it, but it, it's really those three, St. Thomas, Michigan Tech, and Bowling Green jousting for those two home ice spots. Michigan Tech really wants it. Right now, um, Michigan Tech feels great about themselves. Um, the players that they have that are healthy are playing well. Everyone's got a nice role. Um, Evan Orr scores his first goal. Um, uh, <clears throat> he's playing a regular spot. No one expected him to do well. Um, uh, you know, guys like Blaze Richards are playing. Um, Tyrone Bronte has a bigger role now. Everyone is stepping up, right? Everyone's making things happen. So I, I I like Michigan Tech's chances. Um, St. Thomas hasn't been able to field a to ice a full team. That really is uh, almost tragic. Uh, as as they uh, played so hard, they believe so much in their culture under Rico Blasi, and to be this banged up, you know, um, there's a lot of CCHA teams that have to take it easy in practice because it's such a fierce checking league that they uh, they can't play as hard as they're used to in practice because. Uh, guys are getting so banged up. Um, you know, I heard uh, Grant Patoni talking about that uh, last month, saying you've got to take it easy in practice. We're just losing too many bodies. So um, I still think St. Thomas will chip a few points out of Michigan Tech, if that's the series you want me to comment on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the Tommies uh, do not have the tiebreaker with Tech. So if they end up splitting that series, Tech would have the tiebreaker if Bowling Green was able to jump uh, both of them, uh, then they then it would be Tech with the four seed, and then St. Thomas would go right back to Michigan Tech next weekend. Um, 
we'll get to more scenarios as we go uh and we can kind of break it all down at the end but uh yeah trent uh what do you what do you think of this this upcoming series up in houghton you know if we're saying thomas i'm interested to see um you know if they're able to get anybody back to to feel the full you know four lines um i know a lot of the injuries they're dealing with right now are guys who aren't coming back so uh you know, is Mac going to be back? Is, you know, what's the severity of that injury? He wasn't available for a presser this week. So um, some of those questions are going to go unanswered, but we'll see. And I think this, this, you know, you look at this and this lines up perfectly for tech, just kind of what they're coming off of, what they're, um, you know, what they're playing for at this point too, in a lot of ways. I mean, they, they have a chance here, um, correct me if I'm wrong, to still get second place, right? Yeah. So I think I think Tech's got a lot to play for at home. I mean, it's going to be a, a very very busy environment. Um, you know, will St. Thomas be able to withstand that on the road yet again for two games here? This is um, this is going to be a, a big test for both these teams. I mean, they still both have a lot to play for. St. Thomas did so much in the first half of the season to set themselves up for this that that they still got a lot to play for right now, and. Um, and, and they're not going to quit. That's just that's just not in their identity. It's not in their DNA. I mean, this is what they've done all season. Um, but you look at the guys they still got. I mean, these are, these are key players. You got Lucas Wall, and you know you got you got some of these guys who are are their mainstays, and and they um, they could still still they still have a little left in the tank. I think so. I, I'm with Tim here. I think they they squeeze out maybe a point or two. Um, but in the end, I think Tech Tech takes the series and and uh, solidifies itself a little bit going into the playoffs. Yeah, the Mavericks, Huskies, Tommies, and Falcons uh, all could either finish between second place and out of home ice with two games left uh, each. Uh, Tim, we got to, we got to you on that one. Let's uh, get to the next one. I'm sorry. Uh, our lone single game of the weekend is up next. Ferris State heading to Lake Superior State. Um, no real implications here other than, you know, as Tim mentioned, maybe getting ready for the playoffs, the good news for both these teams, uh, while they cannot really move anywhere, you know, significantly, um, is that they only have the one game and it's on Friday. So they get the, the most rest of any team heading into the playoffs with an extra day. Uh, Tim, any any thoughts to that? Does, does it does it matter much for either of these teams or are they kind of really just kind of jonesing to, to keep playing hockey here? You know, I, I think um, Trent nailed it just saying, uh, Bob Daniels uh, will have to just sort of like, let's keep everybody healthy. I don't think there's any bad blood between these two teams. It's a, it's a single game. This almost goes under the exhibition category. You know, there might be some scoring numbers. There might be some, you know, the goaltending is probably both teams are going to be splitting their goaltenders. Uh, I like the, um, uh, Easton Hesse story uh, that's developing up in Sault Ste. Marie. But um, in terms of significance, it's just not there. And I, even I can't hype this one. Trent. Yeah, I'm with Tim. I mean, it, it, uh, the, really in reality for Ferris, it's like the only, the only thing you got is trying to pull Lake State down with you a little bit there and have a, have a, have ensure that they're the seventh seed. Um you know, because you're not go- you're not moving anywhere from the eight. So I I I think to me this plays out like a situation where, um, you know, give some guys some rest. Uh, you're on the road. 
Uh, don't don't really press it or anything. Uh, if you're Lake State, you're playing. I mean, you're, you still got a chance to maybe jump up and get the sixth spot. Um, and so I think I think with Lake State's going to need some help too. It's just one game, so that they their points are capped. I mean, if they maximum they can have on this season is 34, and then they would need Northern to to you know run out of steam here in this last last series too. So um, yeah, it's just kind of a little bit of a throwaway, just kind of how they set this up with the splitting these two games up. Um, you know, with, without having those games in hand, it just kind of kind of locks these guys in a little bit. Yeah, certainly does. Um, so yeah, I think the Lakers can hold their spot in sixth. Uh, you know, that would obviously benefit them to win that game and, and keep Northern in seventh. Uh, but Northern has the two games coming up, and we'll talk about those right now. Is it Bowling Green heading to? Excuse me, Marquette for two. Uh, really big games. For you know, more so for Bowling Green, but as I mentioned a little bit earlier, if Northern sweeps Bowling Green at home, that's the full six points, and Tech gets swept at home by St. Thomas, then Northern could jump Tech for the final uh, home playoff spot, and uh, would be that, and then they'd play each other again, most likely. Uh, they would play each other again in the in the quarterfinals. So that's just a an odd circumstance that could still occur, but uh, like like we said, having both those things happen is uh, maybe tough to imagine, but not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Trent, uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely a long shot for Northern. Uh, like you said, they need the sweep, and then they need St. Thomas to get a sweep, um, and then they, they've got a chance there. But, um, you know, I think beyond that, this is a team that got really hot at the end of the season last year, and I think that they'll just want to try to do that again. I mean, if you can get this win at home, Give yourself a couple wins going into the cup cup playoffs, and and I think you're feeling pretty good if you're Northern. I mean, in a season that's been up and down for everybody, you got to be feeling all right going into it. Um, I just think it, it, for all these teams, really, if you think about like just momentum going into the the playoffs, um, it's not like you take a week off. It's not like you're taking any time off in between. You're going right into it, and so you do want that momentum. You want that that kind of good boost going into games where you know it's all on the line. Um, you're playing the most meaningful hockey of the season uh, for all intents and purposes. So, uh, yeah, and for Bowling Green, it's all right there. I mean, you're one point out. Um, and, you know, my understanding is they need probably they need at least five to guarantee a top four seed. Um, you know, that's kind of a tough ask, but, um, uh, you know, it can be done still at this point. So uh, we'll see. They, they would need at least five, I believe, to that would guarantee them a spot, right. correct? Yeah, yeah, if they get two, if they, I mean, then and St. Thomas gets swept, then they can kind of just barely hop across uh, above the Tommies. But yeah, the, you can't obviously relying on other teams' results is not something a place you want to be as far as no. the home ice uh, is concerned. So yeah, uh, you know, getting that not, many, not you know, at all. Yeah, not at all. But we, <laughs> it's like I, I'd say probably about two or three weeks ago, I probably anticipated this is what you know we'd be looking at these scenarios going, <laughs> well, okay. So 32 points can jump 33. And then, you know, I mean, like, cause this league has just been about three or four points between everybody all season, yeah. especially in that middle half, like the middle half of the league has been kind of that way. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's kind of like we signed up for this at this point. So. Tim. <laughs> um, there's a pretty interesting goaltending story going on at Bowling Green. Ty Eigner. Yeah. And I wrote about this. Um, he, um, he gave his veteran Christian Silver a very quick hook uh, two Fridays ago at St. Thomas. And then last Friday with Cole Moore getting lit up for 
you know, three in the first and then more goals in the uh, second period. He, he was very slow to give more the hook. Finally, he does. And then he just comes right back and plays more the next day. So I think he's pretty much put all his chips uh, into the middle of the table on the 6'5 rookie Cole Moore. And he may have lost Stover as a willing participant, but it's like, hey, I'm going to ride this uh, this rookie and we're going to see where it lands. So it's a bit of a gamble for Ty Agner. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, Bowling Green Hockey Nation is very much looking for Cole Moore to get them to their home ice uh, position and get some more games in the Madhouse and Mercer. So um, that's the ideal scenario. Um, Ty Eigner, you know, no one likes, no coach likes a goalie controversy, but I think he sort of played himself into one. And there's a big difference, right, between, you know, hosting the Tommies uh, as opposed to, you know, making that trip because it's not it's not a short one uh, to Minnesota and and then and vice versa, right? For the Tommies, both of these teams have a lot to play for, at least travel wise, if not for the the home ice aspect of it. Um, do you know what the uh, Bowling Green uh, split travel scenario is when they go up to Minnesota and take these long trips? They um, they fly six people <laughs> plus everybody else, so the bus leaves the night uh, two nights early, and the flyers leave the next day. So it's pretty funny, right? You know, they they split them up with the yeah, yeah. and the uh, lottery. And so it it's a bit of a lottery. It's more of a rotation. Okay, two yep. coaches fly, and four players. And some of the players say, "I'd rather get um, a full night's sleep on the bus and arrive there because they have these real nice sleeper buses." Right. But um, yeah, there are some flyers and some buses, so it's a it's a two tiered system. It's pretty funny. Interesting. To our next series, and it's uh, we'll we'll save the the McNaughton talk for last. Augustana hosting Alaska Fairbanks, uh, last regular season weekend for the Vikings. Here, they like I did mention they they are hosting the U.S. Uh, national development team, uh, the following weekend. But uh, you know, kind of closing out the regular year here, Trent, uh, the Vikings here at home against Alaska, a very good Alaska team who you know maybe spoiling Arizona State's, uh, you know, at-large bid, maybe for the the, the the last straw in that, which kind of maybe led to some of the post-game or end-of-game antics there. But uh, what do you think of this uh, this series for on the, you know, the Augie, Augie side as well as the Alaska side? Yeah, uh, this is the first uh, series against a team that they've seen once already. That's right. They were up, so yeah, another they another there, first. Yeah. Another first. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Garrett brought that up. Um, which I thought was kind of funny because I'm usually the one to ask about first, and he <laughs> pointed out a first to me today. And uh, uh, but no, he wasn't there when they played him last That's time right. in Fairbanks. Um, he was in Sweden with the uh, with the junior national team, and so um, this would be his first chance to get a look at Fairbanks. I mean, this Fairbanks team, you know, we saw last year um, they were a handful for teams. Um, I, I think they've they've underwhelmed maybe a little bit this year, and just in comparison to what they did last year. Um, but they're still they still have, you know, played some some good competition, and they go on the road. They're not scared of anybody. Um, I think this is going to be a fun series for the people of Sioux Falls to to see. I mean, I think Anchorage was was a good one last weekend, but I think the Fairbanks team is is even better. So um, I think. I think a lot of people. Uh, I think it should be a good crowd for this weekend. I know they're doing senior night on Saturday, so um, they're gonna they're gonna honor their six uh, 
seniors who are going to be gone. And, and I think, um, I think for them, I, what I asked Garrett was just kind of what's the mentality for, you know, guys who come in for one year and, and this is their last game. And he said, you don't want it to end, you know, and that's just, I think it's just kind of how these guys are, are all looking at this, this series is this is one last hurrah and, um, you know, Zach Rose is in the net. I mean, this is a cool opportunity to go for some even, even longer uh, shutout minutes here for this streak that he's got going. Um, so yeah, there's some individual stuff for them to play for. Um, if you're Augustana though, it's like, you got 12 wins. You got a chance here to get 14 in your first season. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a cool story. I think, um, they're one of the top teams. If you consider them in, in this whole conversation, they're, I think they're second, last I saw they were second or third amongst all the CCHA teams in the pairwise. Um, and so they, you know, it's down there in the twenties and thirties, but that, that that's still, that's still just like a, another feather in the cap for this, this season that they've had. Um, I think this team has just been a total hit. Uh, the student section has been, been been great Garrett can't help but mention it after every game um unprompted so I think the players love playing there too and and um they're they're definitely going to be feeding off the the environment this weekend that's that's for sure I won't be there Friday I got a got a another thing to to attend I got taking a day off on Friday so all right um it's allowed I'll, I'll be there yeah I'll be there Saturday night though so yeah, I think uh, maybe Alaska last year was, you know, a little, little more overlooked. And I think this year they're they're not really surprising anyone is the biggest difference between last year and this year. But uh, certainly yeah. a quality product, especially where these programs were, you know, a couple of years ago that to get to get back to kind of prominence and Alaska being one of the last teams out, if not the last team out last year, as far as the NCAA tournament is concerned. Uh, Tim, what do you think about this one? Uh, maybe the uh, Nanox will be a few players short, uh, at least on Friday, maybe not both nights there. Yeah, um, interesting. I'm looking at the macro perspective here. Alaska was shunned by essentially this league, the uh, the former WCHA, the future CCHA. They were left uh, kind of kicked to the curb, and suddenly they're an independence, right? They, as you look at the pairwise standings, Alaska's 28th in the pairwise, better than any CCHA team, right? Of the teams that sort of kicked them to the curb. Um, and Gato's uh, 30th, Minnesota State, and Augustana 38th. So they've got 14 wins. Uh, they play really hard uh, as an independent. They they performed well in the Great Lakes Invitational. They gave Michigan Tech all they could handle. Um, you know, they took care of Ferris State. Um, then they traveled up to North Dakota, competed hard there. Alaska, you know, uh, I think their fans have to really appreciate. They got um, their coach got a nice uh, extension last year. Um, Eric Largen uh, is very much appreciated. So. You know, they're a, a tough group of independents, and they might be playing with a chip on their shoulder, you know, against an Augustana team that's just been invited into uh, a Division One league where they had been uh, kicked out. So um, that's kind of a, a fun little storyline, uh, you know, the, the chip on the shoulder business. And, you know, I think they'll take pride in having the best uh, pairwise ranking uh, of any of the schools that uh, left them behind. Yeah, I'm not sure the players are too concerned about that, but but maybe oh, the overall. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're just concerned with winning, winning a hockey game. The administrators right probably are, I would say too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't get they don't get to touch the puck, so that they can they can deal with that on their own. Okay. Uh, final series to talk about is for the McNaughton Cup. Minnesota State heads up to Bemidji. They are four points behind. Uh, 42 for the Beavers, 38 for the Mavericks. And uh, that's 
you know, as far as we're concerned, good news only because of the fact that it's the only place the cup can be, the Cotton Cup uh, will be in the building there. Um, the Beavers need uh, a single point uh, to claim a share of the championship on Friday. Uh, two points wins it outright. Uh, so that's kind of the stakes there. The Mavericks need a clean sweep in order to win their seventh straight McNaughton Cup uh, on their own. Um, but uh, there's plenty of ways this can go, obviously. Uh, I'm sure the Beavers fans who are, I saw some uh, some of their players uh, putting out uh, you know, notes on on social to try and get the pack the pack the rink for this uh, series, which, I mean, if, if there's ever a time to go to uh, your home games, it's it's this one when the regular season championship is on the line, uh, Tim. Well, first of all, um, our commissioner, Don Lucia, doesn't have to be in two places at once. You know, they, yes, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, was he in uh, Mankato with the, with the trophy uh, uh, last week? No, no. Where Saint would Thomas? he have to have yeah. yeah, no, it? Was ready, ready to be handed out, yes. Okay, very good. That's a, a good scoreboard watching there. Um, here's here's the point I was making earlier about that that one extra point that Minnesota State got. Um, should they win on Friday night? And uh, I just looked at the Las Vegas odds. For some reason, the visiting Minnesota State Mavericks are a goal and a half favorite in this game. So should Vegas be correct in Friday night's game, right? Then Saturday's game becomes uh, – basically uh, a first place uh, playoff game mm -hmm. because if they end up going into overtime and Minnesota State wins, yes, they'll be sharing the, uh, the McNaughton Cup, but they will have the tiebreak advantage and they will become the first seed, Minnesota State. So for them, um, win on Friday, and then again, this is all from Minnesota State's perspective, win on Friday, and then it's anybody's cup, you know. Uh, technically, the cup would be shared if they won in overtime or in a shootout on Saturday, mm -hmm. but there'd be awful long faces on Bemidji's because they would have blown five out of six points and they would have cost themselves the number one seed. That would mean they would have to travel to Mankato to win the championship. So uh, in terms of drama, I'd love to see uh, Saturday mean something. This is the second year in a row that it could be happening, right? Remember last year with uh, Tack heading to Minnesota State, uh, they were the ones chasing, I believe, at the time, and uh, looked like they were gonna, you know, that, oh that came gosh, in all yes. kinds of twists and turns where we didn't know where things were going. But uh, you know, in this case, right, and the, the the reverse can happen too, right? Where the Mavericks win in overtime on uh, Friday, and then they need a regulation win to win it outright on Saturday, or the the situation you mentioned. Um, no, no, sorry. They would need the regulation win on Saturday to just share. So yeah, there's, there's plenty of ways this can go. Trent, uh, what are your thoughts on this series? Uh, you know, in-state rivals, you know, rivals since before they were in the same league here again with the, you know, back to their, the old, back to the old days, I guess. Yeah. And, and not to mention the last time that these players saw each other on the ice was, in Mankato in that seven to six wild comeback game um, back in November. And that was, the, I believe, the first of those two that, that Bemidji had on back-to-back -back Saturdays where they came yep. back against Tech the next Tech, weekend. The next one, yeah, before it goes um, down, yeah. Just what a season this – in the scope of things, this Bemidji team has been, uh, you know, and, and from day one, 
Tom Serratore's called this called a shot. I mean, he said this is a wide open league, and it's proved it every every week that it's wide open. And they, I mean, they had a grueling non conference. You look at their January. Um, they're they're without guys going into the second half of the season and just kind of trying to stay afloat and get some bodies back on the ice that they really really needed. And then they came, and they the reinforcements came at the perfect time. I mean, they have they're they're flying high going into this series. Um, but you know that all that being said, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Minnesota State went in here and swept both these games in regulation. Um, just because I, if you look at Minnesota State and the way they're playing right now too, there's not a lot to really dislike. I think that they they're putting up 40 shots like night in and night out. I mean, it's not a it's not a problem for that offense right now. They're not scared to score score goals, and they, you know, I think if the goaltending can 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 be that final piece because it has been a little inconsistent, has been a little up and down. Um, I think that that, that can ultimately be the difference for Minnesota state this weekend. Um, you know, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if they go in and it's still a tall task going on the road and pulling out six points, but um, yeah, these are just two teams that mirror each other in so many ways um, up and down the lineup. You know, like you got guys like, Evan Murr on the decor at Minnesota State who who can score goals and 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 produce points and then you got guys on the blue line at Bemidji and Kyle Loft who can who can put up points and um you know is a, is an elite defender and so I I I think that uh you know could we have asked for anything better going into this final week not really considering all the chaos that we've kind of been through over the last month or two and and for it to kind of culminate in this moment where you have one versus two playing for it it's just really cool. I mean, it's it, it definitely it brings for so many people who love college hockey and love just like the story. I mean, I'm I'm kind of that way with foot with college football. Like, I really don't have a dog in the fight when it comes to college football. I just like to watch how it all plays out. You know, who gets snubbed from that final four? And when you look at the scope of college hockey, it's like the CCHA is is for all intents and purposes not as high as it's been in in recent in past years. Right? Like, we don't have that Minnesota State it's a it's a perennial team and you know it's a two-bid league but for what the league is it's been incredibly fun to watch um Bemidji has been kind of that quintessential team when you when you look at that too with some of those wild comebacks they've had and the storylines that they've endured in the second half um and so for it to come down to this moment where you got one versus two playing against each other with the title on the line I think that's really cool and um it's a testament to a weird league year yeah go ahead Tim (laughs) <laughs> um, Minnesota State has has um, a distressing tendency to give up goals early, to fall behind. Yeah. And Luke Strand had a great analogy in today's press conference when he said, hey, wrestlers always try hard when they're uh, on their backs, right? That's when they wrestle the hardest. Um, if they find themselves down to nothing in one of these games, that's their season. I mean, that's there goes the McNaughton Cup. You know, uh, it's been six uh, consecutive uh, cups, so if they want to keep their fingers on that thing, they cannot have a, a two nothing deficit going into one of these games. Yeah, it's going to be yeah right. You you it's one of those you, you want to fall behind against uh, either of these teams really. So the way that they're able to kind of hold leads, uh, it's kind of been the staple of their uh, you know programs over the last you know ten twenty you know going back to their uh, Division One uh, kind of roots is kind of the, the way that they've they played hockey. Uh, you know, for when it's Minnesota State, it's been a number of coaches for Bemidji. You know, Tom Saratori's carried that 
title for you know a couple of decades now. So um, we have those uh, those are the the uh, last regular season games. We have the quarterfinals coming up um, the following weekend. You know, a lot to be decided as far as home ice is concerned. Um, but uh, like I said, the, it, c- it could go any way here. A Friday could could uh, you know. We could we could have a, a league champion Friday. We could have, you know, uh, you know, Tech solidifying themselves into a, a home ice spot. Um, you know, Bowling Green could put themselves in a really good position to do that as well. So, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting here. We'll we'll let you guys give your your kind of final thoughts on the weekend, starting with the with Tim before we get out of here. Also, plug something if you'd yeah. like to some, something you're working on or where people can find you. Well, actually, the CCHA site is one of the, the more entertaining pieces I've ever written. I, I was embedded yeah. with Michigan Tech and uh, brought down a New York Times writer with me. And he's an Eastern <laughs> hockey guy. And he couldn't believe how hard the checking is in the CCHA. So uh, it was kind of fun to go down there. But, um, you know, I, I just think one versus two. I mean, the other games are all all fine and good. And maybe put them on your secondary devices. But keep it locked in on what's happening in Bemidji. That's as good as it gets. It's playoff hockey, and it's um, reputable programs, well-known coaches, head-to-head. And and what I love is you've got a kid from Mankato, a fifth-year captain, Kyle Loaf, who's looking to stick it to his hometown team. So there's great irony there, too. He had two overtime winners last year against the Mavericks. <laughs> I think one at home and one away uh, did Kyle Loaf there, the captain there. Uh, Trent? Yeah, you can read my stuff uh, at the Rink Live and at Sioux Falls Live. Um, yeah, always check out Tim's Rink Wrap. Um, Tim, you're a, you're a wordsmith, and I uh, one day <laughs> hope to to view things the same eyes that you do. Um, but no, uh, it's it's been a it's been a, a wild, wildly fun league year. Um, appreciate Perry having me on here to just talk and, and rant about some of this stuff, um, and it, I, I'm just really excited. Really excited to see one verse two um, with every with all the marbles uh, on the line. You know, like it's just um, you don't get that every every year, and and for it to to be happening in a year like this, where where everything is just every week has kind of been different stories and uh, a new team to look out for um, for it to happen in this year is really cool. So, thanks for listening to this episode of the CCHA Show for stories, scores, stats, and more. Visit CCHA.com. Thank you.